welcome to the simplicity of happiness when more is too much. This podcast offers tips and techniques for a better life. And before we start with another episode of the Simplicity of Happiness podcast, I would like to remind you that you can find out all about me and my thoughts on simplicityofhappiness.com as well as Patreon, where I am providing extra content for all of you who support me and the education of children in Africa. And now relax and enjoy the show. Well, hello and uh, welcome back to well the jungle for everybody who's <laughs> who's viewing this. Um, no, no, just kidding. Welcome back to the Simplicity of Happiness podcast, and I'm so happy that I will be able to record a special episode for actually my brother Max because he asked me. He's a fan of Mike Mandel, and he is listening to the podcast, uh, which is called Brain Software. And he asked me several times, "What are these numbers that Mike is referring to?" So, <laughs> welcome back to the show, Mike Mandel. <laughs> Thank you, Florian. It's wonderful to be back, my friend. It's great to see you, and uh, let, let's have a great podcast together and get some cool information out there. Yes, I'm. I'm looking forward for that. And um, some people called me after our last episode and they were amazed on how we managed to have an interview, sort of, because we were presenting some kind of information and they still had the, um, uh, well, they had the experience as if they were listening to two friends talking. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah. so now we can say, yeah, that's because of the drops. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The cognitive drops. Brilliant. Do you know what I did last weekend? I'm afraid to ask. Well, are you really? No. <laughs> I, put my, I put my butt down and I did all of the um, little and final exams for Mike Mandel hypnosis. Nice. And... I, because when I started, I'm, 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 I'm sure that you are familiar with that, <laughs> that you have to pass every single chapter in order to be able to take them, the questions for the next one. And I failed in the first chapter about 25 times. And I oh had goodness. no idea what I did wrong. <laughs> and, and you, as Mike Mandel Hypnosis Academy, are not telling me which answers were correct and which were not. So I had to guess. And then I put it aside and I said, okay, well, this is more difficult than I thought. And now this weekend, I was, um, well, I said, I'm not going to leave this room until I'm finished. And, and there was one word I misunderstood. So there was a question I didn't know and a word which I didn't understand. And this changed the meaning. And mm -hmm. I found out later. And then the other ones went better and better and better and better. And then at the final exam, and you were writing in capital letters, like, if you if you fail this, you will be locked for seven days until you can retake this. Okay. Until after seven days, I have to take screenshots or I will completely forget which one I answered in which direction. And I passed in the first. Uh, right on. Right on. Yes. <laughs> it's and, funny, Florian. I said to someone recently, they said, oh, I'm struggling with the with the test. And I said, it, it's really not hard. I got a hundred percent first time I tried it. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Thanks. I should have, I should have <laughs> called you. Well, and um, I, I want to take this as a, as a little opportunity to talk about Mike Mandel Hypnosis Academy first. 
what is your what is your experience on this being digital it's a fantastic are experience are people actually learning something yeah yeah it's been wonderful because as you know you came to toronto to train with us to the hypnotic world epicenter and we also were doing live trainings once a year in london england and in las vegas and with covid of course that all shut down the advantage we had over so many other hypnosis schools is that we had been doing online training for years already mm -hmm. so we were able to just flip everybody who wanted to do the live trainings essentially into the online we already had everything set up and we're, it was rocking so a lot, we got a lot of new people and why it's being useful is because we're constantly upgrading and updating it so we're all there's always new material coming in guest trainers um, blog postings more videos now we're now we're becoming a presence on youtube that's one to be reckoned with we had delayed in youtube and also um, doing live things with our own students online mm -hmm. and now we filled those two gaps and we're a hypnotic juggernaut <laughs> rolling forward because my aim is to make it as as awesome as it can be so people are learning really solid uh, real world skills a number of people we get florian who say you know i was a hypnotist for years i was i never really had confidence in my abilities and now i've you know i've got this amazing confidence i know i can do these things it fills a lot of gaps in people's training i think yeah one thing that chris does a lot in your podcast is he's um he's he's mentioning over and over what you can get as a free trial what you can get for free and um, I know that some of the ads that you are, are sending out are in the same direction. And uh, sometimes people answer like, oh, this has to be a scam. It can't be that cheap. And yeah. well, you got me, in fact, with, uh, it was either rapid induction or incident, something like this. You called it um, one, of, one of the very fast in, in inductions and you gave it away for seven Canadian bucks. Yeah. It's like, okay. It well. used to be, used to be 97. It was $97. And we sold probably a thousand at that price. And um, Chris is big on let's give a ton of stuff away. Let let people see that we have integrity and we're giving quality stuff. You keep them as customers for life. So we yes. give a ton of stuff away. We have a sixty day money back guarantee. I mean, it's, we make it the industry standard. And I thought, well, it's just one of these other online things that promise a lot, and they just offer you an upsell in the video. And I watched through these uh, videos, and I didn't completely understand them at that time. It was basic. It was actually. It was. Uh, I was living across the valley in in, in Lauterbrunn in a in a camper van in the winter in the winter time, and we were going snowboarding every day. And in the afternoon, I was looking at these videos, and then I thought, well, that makes sense, <laughs> and I'm actually <laughs> learning something. And then I went for the um, whole hypnosis training. And I realized oh, I, have, I want to see you in person. And you managed to over deliver ever since. And this Bless is something you. absolutely amazing, which I wanted to, to um, well, point out. Not like, oh, we have a new program and there's something that you can download. No, I wanted to have a little conversation about this. Because if you, listener, are interested in this, I mean, go for one of these specials. Just visit um, Mike Mendel Hypnosis Academy. And, um, well, Google it and you will find the right yeah. address. Um, MikeMandelHypnosis.com. It's there. And the, which makes me ask you, Florine, have you listened to Journey to the Castle? Yes. Okay. Because that's a free one. All your listeners can check out. You want to enjoy a really intriguing self-hypnosis tri tri 
trip, go to Mike Mandel, and that's Mandel with one L, MikeMandelHypnosis.com forward slash castle, and you can download it and listen to it at your leisure. It's a powerful one. I tried to pay attention to this, but of <laughs> course, my mind was wandering off. By the way, do you know what Mandel means in German? I think it means almond. Of course you know. <laughs> well, so now, live the mystery of the numbers. Often you are referring to Chris being a certain number and yourself being another one. Mm -hmm. The Enneagram. Why, yes. why a number? And well, why this is an interesting, interesting discussion. Enneagram, spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Enneagram means nine-pointed figure. Uh -huh. And the origins of it are lost in antiquity. Some people trace it back to Sufi origins in Persia, modern-day Iran. Mm -hmm. um, nobody's really sure. It came into Western thought through the psychiatrist Gurdjieff, who thought it was too powerful to teach to the average person. He only trained it to his inner circle of therapists and so on. Basically, the Enneagram says that there are only nine personality types, only nine. And there are some variations within them that we'll talk about. But those nine basic types, numbered one to nine, all function in different ways. And they're all flawed in different ways. No type is better than any other. They all have strengths and they all have weaknesses. And you are born with a predisposition to go in a certain direction. Depending on what happens to you, you will then, by your mid-20s, lock into one of these nine types. And they are quite different from each other. But it, when people initially learn it, they make the beginner's mistake of going out and typing everybody they know. Oh, you're a three. Oh, you're so obviously. Oh, you're a seven. But you can't do that because people, people have to type themselves. They discover who they are when they understand it. And we are not, it's not what we do that types us. It's the reason, the driving motive behind what we do. So two people can do exactly the same behavior, but if they're different numbers, they'll be doing it for different reasons. I'm just going to cough here. Hang on for a second, buddy. <laughs> I was teaching a jujitsu class last night and doing a lot of shouting at people. So, um, anyway, and, <laughs> and we have a COVID secure distance between the two of us. That's it. That's it. All, all done at a distance. When you are coughing at Chris, in the podcast. Are you actually <laughs> coughing at him? <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't let me do it anymore since we've gone to video. I haven't done it since COVID. I used to grab him and convulsively cough on the back of his neck just for the humor. It's, yeah. it's a very bizarre thing. He likes think thought of it being done on someone else, but not him. So yeah, that's because he's a nine. And so let's go through each of the nine types quickly. Yes. And you see the basic personalities, and then we'll explore them in more detail. Um, number one. Number one is a perfectionist mindset. Number one, they spend their life trying to fix things. My friend Ryan, who's a martial arts freak, amazing guy, that's how he, he defines himself. He said, I can fix anything. And he doesn't even know about the Enneagram, but he can. He's brilliant at fixing things. That's the strength. They're perfectionistic. What they do, they do very well. He's a phenomenal chef, all these other things. But the weakness is they see themselves as being very helpful. Other people see them as being intrusive and interfering. So that's, when you, their words, you should, you should do this. You should, you should, should. I would say, should doesn't mean anything. You're, you're arbitrarily imposing your structure on me. 
which is funny because eights, I'm an eight. We find it very easy to deal with ones. We find them amusing because we won't be controlled by anyone. So anyway, we'll get to that. So ones are great there. It's black and white thinking that's wrong, that's right, and my way or the highway. Then we get to type two. Type <laughs> I two. had to think of my mother. <laughs> As the one? Yes. Now type two, people call them helpers. The type two are the most helpful type of the Enneagram. In other words, if my pipes in my house burst, like I said, we had snow last night, you wouldn't believe the amount of snow out here in the great white north of Toronto, which is unusual. I still have the winter tires on good. But um, the twos, they're the ones who, if your pipes in your house burst at 3 a.m., mm -hmm. you can phone them in the other end of the city and they'll gladly come over and help you mop everything up because they get their identity by doing for others. Mm. So I am helpful. That's their thing. You know what I'm going to do, Florian? I'm going to actually turn the freaking heater on. I'm freezing here. I wasn't going to, but with this microphone, it shouldn't pick up any sound. So are you, are you, you don't hear anything? Not yet. Maybe We're good. That's it. Yet. That's as loud as it goes. So the twos are the helpers. They want to help. They get their identity by helping other people. But twos have many selves. They have a different mm -hmm. self for their different friends. And they're, they're actually, there's a physical determination. My wife has discovered, she's brilliant with the Enneagram. She discovered there are some physical elements you can type people, you'll notice. Ones often have a line, a mouth like a, a dash, a line. It's the, because they're set mouth, they're trying to fix everything, right? There's a tension there. The twos have a twinkle in their eye. It's unmistakable. They've got this really glittery sort of look in their eyes. They're so helpful, but their weakness is this. The paradox is twos think they have no needs. They help others, right? That's, that's how they get their identity. But the paradox, Florian, is they have a great need to be needed. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's called their trance. Every Enneagram type has a trance. It's the program we live until we wake up and take mm -hmm. control. Then there's the threes. The threes are the American dream. Anyone can grow up and be president. I'm a success. I've learned this. I'm great. Look at how I'm running two companies. Look how perfectly groomed I am. I'm just fantastic. The great thing is, <laughs> the great thing is they're really, really good at succeeding and getting ahead. The bad thing is they're emotionally bankrupt. And they don't even see the point of a lot of emotions. It just be a success. Go, go, go. And it can become pathological because threes are always less functional than they seem because their weakness is they don't do the self-work and fix themselves and help themselves. They fix the packaging so they look better, but they're not doing anything internal. It but seems very to me as if these were three types that were all not taking care of themselves. There you go. You're, you're getting some good insights here which brings us to four. <laughs> yeah. uh, I went out with a number of girls who were fours. It's not surprising. Eights and fours are extremely drawn to each other. Eight is considered, although we have both elements, eights are considered uh, the animus from Jung, the, the male personality, and fours are considered the female personality. There's a huge draw there. But fours mm -hmm. are all emotion, all emotion. Oh, so depressive. And they wear a lot of black and purple. 
And classic fours are Edgar Allan Poe, you know, lost in despair and alcoholism, but brilliantly creative. Marilyn Manson, you know, like all of these different types that dwell in the depths of their own emotion. The strength mm -hmm. of it is they're super creative. Mm -hmm. But the downside is they think their emotions are the universe. So if they're in a good mood, the universe is a great place and everybody should lighten up. If they're in the depths of despair, everybody else should be unhappy. So they, they get very, very self-absorbed, very fascinated by their own emotions, which is a strength and a weakness. And paradoxically, in the Enneagram, opposite sorts of types are right next to each other number-wise. For example, right next to the four, I am my emotions, I am what I feel, is the five. I am my intellect, I am what I know. And fives are so stuck in their head they are out of touch with their physical body. My mentor, Derek Bomber, was a Cambridge linguist, an NLP trainer, and John Grinder, the NLP co-founder, said that Derek was more out of touch with his kinesthetic, with his physical body, than any human being he'd ever met. Derek was dying of pneumonia and didn't even know, and died in 2000. So they're out of touch with their physical body. They, they live in their head. They plan, live in their head, but they're always afraid of not having enough, so that there can be a, a bit of miserliness there, you know, drive across town to save four cents on a bar of soap, like that kind of thing. The strength is they can have formidable intellects, mm -hmm. but they can be so out of touch with the real world and their physical body, they confuse their intellect with reality. And their attitude is, if I don't understand it, it doesn't exist. Putting themselves in this omniscient position. Mm -hmm. Fives, you can often pick them out. They usually, if not always, not always, but often wear glasses. And the reason why is because there's so much in their head, they do so much reading up close that they can cause myopia at an early age. They're spending mm -hmm. so much time in books. They're often out of touch, you can tell by their style, their physical clothing, and that will just look like they haven't got a clue. I used to say <laughs> that about my parents. If fashion law was enforced, they would face a life sentence without hope of parole. So yeah. a classic example, my wife's brother is a five, lives in his head, he was a real estate agent, a good one. He had a really nice suit and tie, and he wore freaking dirty running shoes with a suit. Not even, not even dress shoes, running shoes, sneakers. It just looked ridiculous. Classic five, Bill Gates. Giant, inappropriate glasses. He's being interviewed. He sits like this off to the side. You know, he talks, and he's, his arm is going like this. Like, no, completely unaware of how much of a lunatic he looks. She can tell I'm not exactly in love with that guy. But he's very smart. <laughs> He's very smart, but it, it's classic five. Now, next mm -hmm. to five is six. My wife is a six. The six is, their motto is, life is dangerous. What, everything, everything is a threat. So they joke and they say, you go to a party, the three's telling everyone how successful he is. The one's telling them what's wrong with the appetizers. The two is helping and serving everybody, even though it's not her party. The four is staying at home and writing poetry. She's more into herself than being involved with these people. The five is, you know, he's got a book with him and he's in the corner reading and ignoring everyone. The six, life is dangerous, is under the table checking the computer connection so they don't start a fire. So my wife, years ago, we were leaving for France. The limousine had arrived. We were just going out the door and there was a bump on the roof. Now, obviously, a, a branch had fallen on the roof. And she knows it's ridiculous, but this is what she said. She said, I know this is insane. She said, do you know the first thing that went through my mind when I heard that bump? And I said, what? She said, I thought someone had thrown a hand grenade on the roof 
and it had rolled down and was about to explode. I said, well, there's a common, yeah, common occurrence in Toronto. You know? So sixes have a lot of concerns. Mm-hmm. You'll know because they say, yes, but, yes, but, yes, but. Oh, look, we did this, we did this. Yes, but. They're always mm-hmm. looking for how it could be dangerous. But their strength is they are completely honest. What you see is what you get. There's no deception. They are dutiful. They put themselves last. They just, they're very much bound by detail and so on, which leads us to the seven. Again, the opposite. The seven can be a total slob. The house is a disaster. My best friend is a seven. His wife had gone away for, she'd only been gone two days. And I went over to his place. I thought it had been robbed. Drawers open, things hanging out. There was a plate of spaghetti, half eaten, sitting on the carpet that had been there from two nights before. Just, it doesn't, you know, everything is fun. It's got to be fun. So the seven is, Mm. life is fun. Lighten up. Yes, I know your best friend died, but that was last week. You know, lighten (laughs) up. Sevens are weird because they have no memory, usually, of a negative childhood. They remember everything as being happy, but it's edited. There can be a lot of trauma in their past they're not confronting. Sevens find it very hard to look into the depth of sadness. They won't see a sad film. Why would you want to be sad? So I don't want to be sad, but it's the range of human emotions we need to experience. So sevens are, let's hurry up and go so we can hurry up and come back. It's always next, next, next. Appetites, appetites, variety, variety. Then they call them the Peter Pan. They don't want to grow up but they're great to hang around with because they're so much fun. <laughs> there you go. So then there's eight. I'm an eight. There's fewer eights than any other number. Eights often come out of a background of being bullied as, as I was incessantly. I was a small, smart kid, uh, beaten up all the time, and then became a martial arts instructor, which dealt with that very well. I actually used self-hypnosis flooring. I went back into my past history and refought every one of those bullying incidents as an adult, third degree black belt. And it was just wonderful. It just changed, changed, changed the script completely. But eights, at our best, we are the white knights. We want to rescue the innocent. We want to protect the children, protect the animals, protect the women, protect the weak and the infirm. At our worst, we become the mass murderers. They're the ones who go crazy with a machine gun in a mall yelling, die, you mothers, <laughs> and take 40 people out and go in a, in a blaze of glory. So that's, that's both sides of the eight. Hmm. And then the, the nine is Chris. Chris is the nine. He's actually a very functional nine. I hate to admit that. <laughs> functional nine. The nine, oh. is the, the nine is a really interesting one because the nines are the rapport builders. And you can mm-hmm. tell a nine. Because when you explain the Enneagram types, they say, well, I'm all of these. Nine relates to every single type. Because remember I said the two, the helper, they have identity issues. They have many selves, depending on which friend they're with. Nines feel like they have no identity. And they become whoever they are with. They take on your interests, your vocal patterns, your posture. They are the rapport builders. So everybody loves them. Because everybody sees themselves. You know, my friend John years ago was a nine. I guess he still is. And he and I would do play these freaking military games on the computer, you know, F-15, Strike Eagle, and blowing stuff up. Because I'm an eight and I'm into, you know, weapons and self-defense. So he was just like that with me. And we had a friend who's a graphic artist, and she's a two, and she's so soft and so quiet and so gentle. And oh, oh, oh. And she said to me once, Do you know what I love about John? I said, What? She said, 
we're exactly the same. I'm thinking, oh God, you have no idea. So nines become who they're with, but they feel empty inside. It can be great to build rapport, but their weakness is sloth, laziness. In fact, if there's a, a decision they don't want to make because it's unpleasant, like firing someone, they've got to maintain rapport. It feels terrifying to, to break that cord. If there's a decision they have to make that's unpleasant, they delay and delay and delay, hoping the decision will make itself and hoping it will be taken out of their hands. So those are your basic nine types and we all fit into one, but where it gets interesting is the Enneagram is a nine pointed figure. And each one of these numbers, what makes it this different than something like Myers-Briggs is it has an element of what each number will do when they're under stress and what each number will do when things are going really well. Because not only are there nine types, but there are nine levels of integration and disintegration in each one of the types. So the middle three would be considered the normal levels. High functioning is very integrated. Low functioning will be the last three. Well, and let me have a look. <laughs> yeah, let's have a look, shall I we? Did, I did now. You did the as test? You can, as you cannot see. Yes, yes, yes. Because I wanted to be a little bit prepared. Yes. For this. Two, 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 two questions in between. One, is it possible that people change throughout their life? And number two, I know you don't you you don't rate other people, but do you have a suge suggestion what number fits me? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even hazard a guess. And and of the tests, some are better than others. The best ones are like the Rizzo Hudson test. It's a hundred and hundred and eighty questions. That mm -hmm. and you should think of it in terms of being about age twenty five. But the problem is, and my wife wanted me to mention this to you, Florian, she's all about the Enneagram and many other things. She's smart. She said, one of the things we've run into is twofold. People learn about it. And I've alluded to this already. And then they start thinking they can type their friends 10 minutes after they learn about it. But it's what people are driven by, why they do it, not what they do, right? For example, I've met so many freaking false eights. I was on an Enneagram panel. And that's a great way to learn it. They have a number of people come up from the same number. And one will be a cleaning lady. Another will be a graphic artist. But they're all, when they start talking or being interviewed, you realize they're the same. I was on a panel of two eights. But they weren't freaking eights. It's kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm an eight. It's like, wait, where's your freaking weapons? What do you mean you're an eight? Have you got broken knuckles? Like, what are you talking about you're an eight? It'd be like a biker, a hell's angel saying, Yeah, I think I'm a two. You know, it just doesn't fit. It, does, it doesn't fit. The other thing mistake people make is they will often look at the nine types and think of which one they want to be and try to be that. Mm -hmm. And in reality, you don't change. You are hardwired a certain way and circumstances will lead you into one of three things. One of, one of three types with that uh, particular thing. For example, anger types. There's three anger types. The eight, the nine, and the one. The one directs the anger at themselves. Oh, I should have done this. I shouldn't do that. Should have done this. Should, should, should. The nines ignore their anger. They repress it completely because you shouldn't be angry. And the eights are external. We direct the anger outward. And so it's each one has a nurture element and a nature element. But when you find your type, it should be around age 25. It's good to get the people we are close to to give us some insights in it because they, yeah. they will deal with our blind spots. So what did you come up with? 
Well, <laughs> I had to uh, uh, laugh a bit. On the one hand, I found so I was I'm, I'm using a lot of personality analysis. I don't call it test because test sounds like you can fail it. Right, uh, right. Um, and I'm using the risk profile and nine levels, and so I and, and um, I'm not sure how you call it. DISG is the short version insights, insights, uh, success, insights discovery so there are a couple of them and all of them have a well a sense of truth and everybody who i met so far who liked the inner enneagram they were some kind of psychedelic psychedelic so it, it, it seemed to me like they are very spiritual or very religious and um so they they saw the whole enneagram thing as a like 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 as a de facto religion and so huh. i thought okay this is very it, it seemed it sounded to me very unprofessional mm. so i didn't trust one test i did three of them <laughs> um so that i had an idea whether they are asking the right questions or not and it was all um consistent when you explained it to me I had the feeling, well, number one, yeah, there's a part of me that's number one. And then, oh, there's a part that's number two. And then there was a part that's number three. I could relate to all of them. But, and I think I'm, a, I, I, well, I'm trying to be as peaceful as I can possibly be. <laughs> but now listen to this. There's a collection next to my, next to my desk here. Um, I'm, I'm not showing it in, uh, <laughs> in the video, but guess what? what that collection is um axes it's what x you know like cutting wood the x oh yeah okay yeah and i love collecting them and when in switzerland they have so many old stuff whenever i find an old x i buy a new handle and i'm sharpening it until it's completely shiny and then they are standing somewhere i don't use them at all so well i'm an, i'm an eight concerning to these different um uh, different tests but i i could relate to all the other ones as well which means you might be um you might be a nine with an eight wing or an eight yeah, with a nine wing no no yeah. no no the way that you described the nine i'm no that, that that's good but I, when you said i could relate you, to everything except the nine <laughs> okay no that's interesting because um the yeah, element no, no. of peace Here, nine you, can you see this? Well, no, no it's I see possible. an elephant. <laughs> yeah, well, the elephant, it's uh, better to look at. So the nine is my least. Interesting, interesting. But so I what have was a big your... one, a big two, big three, big four, five, then a little six, a big seven, and a, and the, and the major part is the eight. Hold it up. Let me see if I can see it. If you hold it in front of yourself instead of over the elephants. Okay. Good. No, no, the other way. Yeah, stay, stay there. But you're a freaking nine. <laughs> you look like a nine. Here's why. I can see it. If if you did a bar, if you did a graph on me, you'd get you'd get two to eight would be three quarters of the freaking circle. It, it's overwhelming. Those are way too equal. Yeah. That's looking very you even said the word peace to me. That's the nine's freaking word. They're always looking for peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, because and this is why I asked whether it's possible to change. Because no, you're not I change. think that I had a, well, I had a very <laughs> different way of appearing to other people about ten years ago. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I, th- I personally think that I changed a lot. Well, we and, do. Uh, and that's the integration within it, right? Mm-hmm. As we move to higher integration, we moved. Here's where this gets interesting. You know the shape of the Enneagram, right? So it's a nine-pointed star. Mm-hmm. But each number connects to two other numbers. So when I said we disintegrate, nine, un- let's, let's make it, um, okay, let's go nine. Mm-hmm. Nine under stress when they start to disintegrate, they take on psychosomatic illnesses. They often think they're having heart problems. They can get stressed, that kind of thing that will show us physical elements. Yeah, well, so that's maybe a good point. If I get stressed, I'm getting aggressive. Interesting. Now, the other end of the spectrum, a nine, they're the perfect triad. They only connect mm-hmm. to each other. It's the three. So nines in safety, when they're very integrated, They're the good side of three, the success, the empowering others. And that's Chris exactly. You know, that's what he is. And then when he's, you know, going through different things, like if there's, you know, he's worried about his kids with COVID or something, when he starts to get stressed and he starts to take on all this uh, weirdness, he, he gets on my case and I just say to him, Chris, I said, this, this parenting style isn't working for me. Like you just, I'm not your kid. I just, I guess I can, I can shut this meeting down. I don't care. I'm freaking eight. So anyway, all that being said, the levels of integration and disintegration, you're right. We do change over time. We should, but it should be with, it'll be in the same number, but it will be towards integration. I believe we need to do self-work. As I said in the other podcast, mm-hmm. we need to, we need to make those, um, the effort, to grow and change. And if we don't, we stagnate or worse, we sink into disintegration. And whereas each, each type has its own weird thing too. I said, fours can be depressive. They can sink into depression. Sixes can sink into paranoia. Eights can sink into like violent aggression. When I was not as integrated, I was a much younger man. Let's say uh, with hair, probably 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 25, 30 years ago, had hair. And uh, my wife, was at the World Enneagram Conference, was in Toronto at Ryerson University. Mm-hmm. And she was a resource person helping out. And they had the panels and it was just fantastic. I didn't go, I had stuff I had to do. But I drove downtown to pick her up and I was at a bad space in my life then, I was under a lot of stress. And I showed up to pick her up and they all had tags, hi, I'm a four and all this stuff. And I said, oh, I'm here to pick up Heather. And she said, oh, you're Heather's husband. I said, yes. And one of the trainers said, um, yeah, she's a six. I said, yeah, she's poster girl for six. And she said, do you know your number, young man? I said, yes, I'm an eight. And she said, huh, I don't think so. I said, do I have to break your legs to prove it? And she said, you're an eight. <laughs> just right into the aggression was just right there. This is like an elderly woman. I'm saying it too. <laughs> but that was then. But realize, Florian, you're going to be influenced by the number right beside you. So if you think a six sitting on a couch, the middle of a couch, on one side is seven, on the other side is five. Now, a six who leans more towards five will be much more studious, much more in their head, much more learning. The six who leans more to seven will confront their fears. They'll be a counterphobic six. They'll be much more adventurous much more needing variety there. They can seem a little more laid back, not as anxious as the five, six. So you'll be affected by the number you lean towards, but seeing that pie graph 
that is so freaking evenly balanced. You show that to any, any Graham trainer in the world, they'll go, oh, nine, like just half fraction of a second, because that's what it looks like. The strength of that, though, is you can draw from all these different numbers. It's, it's a wonderful thing. You just have to make sure that it's what you want at any given time. But there's a power in that. The nine is everybody. It's a very common number, actually, too. Um, I'm an eight with a nine wing. The eight with the nine wing, we're not overtly aggressive. We don't cause problems for people. We're the grumpy normally. bear. <laughs> no, normally. No, I'm a good guy. We're the grumpy bear. We just want to sit and have our cup of hot tea or our beer and our cat and the fire and our, our enclosed space that we control. And we just want to be left alone. It's only if you come in and wake up the dragon, then there's going to be a problem. But eight with a seven wing is much more frantic, much more. I had two friends, eight with a seven wing. Uh, one of them never got his life together. He's got a crap job now. He's a smart guy, but he's just so, too scattered and too frantic with the aggression of the eight under the surface. Puts people off all the time. Doesn't realize the impression he's making with his aggressive comments and that because the seven just brings all these options and fun. The other one's dead. Drank himself to death. And he was a young man and uh, ruined his life. And just, he just couldn't control his seven appetites that were driven through the eight energy of aggression. So I'm well, much happier to have what the nine my wing. profile says eight with ah. a seven wing. Seven so wing. that doesn't look, <laughs> it doesn't sound too, too promising. But in fact, I can see myself in certain situations. Mm. So I do a lot of different things. I have a lot and a lot of variety, snowboarding, yes. elephants, swimming with dolphins, NLP, hypnosis, podcast. You do a lot of things, man. You do a lot of variety. Chicken, chicken, safari, boat. Yeah. See, I don't do yeah. any of that stuff. Yeah. That, that means you yeah. got to go out from your, your cave. <laughs> a mentor, a mentor of mine said, um, um, he, he calls me the, the Renaissance man. Nice. Like, because he said in Renaissance, people, like those who were educated, they could do a lot of things themselves, like, like Michelangelo and, and, and people like this. And I'm always uh, just, just smiling a bit, but I, I, I like myself, <laughs> like, a, like a Renaissance man. Now, man. that's interesting because I too have been called a Renaissance man because it's language. I never heard it before, by the way. It, it, it's language. It's martial arts. It's culture. Mm -hmm. Opera. I was an opera critic. I was a wine judge. But all of these things are to fill out the personality. Yeah. You know, it's it, we give ourselves classical educations, which are lacking now. It, it, I read to Chris yesterday. He was talking about my writing when I was writing blog posts. He said I'm writing at too high a level for the reader. He said it's got to be a grade eight level. I said I, I can't write at that level. I write the way I think, and you know, other people do the same. But here's what made it interesting. I went and got a book called Wide Open Windows. And I said, Chris, listen to this paragraph. I read it to him. And he was like, yeah. I said, you know what that is? And I held it up. I said, this is a public school grade five reader from when I was a kid. That's how advanced the language was at grade five. It sounds like high school level now. So I said, I'm not going to dumb down the way I talk and write. I just don't, you're not going to control me. <laughs> There's the eight. You're not going to control me. Do you resist being controlled? Say that again. Do you resist being controlled by other people? Well, I don't resist. I am not controlled. Exactly right. Exactly. Right answer. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> That's why But, ones make me laugh because they try to control. You know, it's just not going to happen. 
Yeah, no, this is no freedom. My 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 value number one is freedom, freedom or liberty. Yeah, that's a great one. I've I've had that as my number one for many many years, and security too. That's the nine wing comes in. But um, what's interesting is the the axes. I totally I totally understand that. I, axes are a tremendous weapon for narrow hallways, especially mm -hmm. tomahawks. <laughs> are you? Are you using this for your, um, well, when you used to do uh, therapy? I did. Uh, not so much in therapy as in our personal lives. You know, we, we started to realize that we had a, a fake eight in our life, uh, a friend of mine. And uh, he was martial arts and all these things, but he was a four. He's a four. There's an angry four. And he was, he's a painter and he was a hairstylist and he was a musician. Mm -hmm. And fours have their art. Their art, you know, it, it's so important to them because that's their expression and that's great. If they don't use their art, they become depressive. It's an outlet mm -hmm. for their emotions. But he passed off as an eight for years. It's that he was. And then one day his wife was away out of town and he would not sleep up in his bedroom because he was afraid of someone coming to the house and killing him. I said, you're not a freaking eight, man. I said, somebody breaks into my house, I'll cut his head off. It's, it's not even, yeah. it's not an issue. Yeah, I used to be afraid of certain things, Me alone in, alone in the dark and um, mm. sleeping outside. Um, and uh, what I did is I uh, I went on a four four weeks solo trip by foot through Sahara. Wow! <laughs> and 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 the, well, I'm basically all of the nights I I almost shit my pants because I I was just scared that somebody shows up there. Um, and in the end, it was one of the most peaceful, um, places on earth and, um, and absolutely liberating to see, no, I don't need it. I don't need somebody to watch me. I don't need a tent. I don't need anything else. I can just lie down under the open sky and, um, brilliant, brilliant. And, and enjoy My, it. You seen Ray, have you ever seen Ray Zahab? <clears throat> I met Ray years ago, acquaintances. I couldn't say friends, but we know each other. Ray, um, He ran across the Sahara on foot, the equivalent of a marathon a day for something like 96 days, yeah. which is insane. Just said it was an unbelievably wonderful experience. Yeah, it, 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 it is. I mean, uh, it, when you're testing your, um, or in, my, in my case, testing my borders, um, yeah. getting out of my comfort zone, Every time I'm getting out of my comfort zone, it feels unpleasant, but everything I did it, I love it. <laughs> that's nice. So it, that's a great thing to do. That's an integrative thing to do, Florian, because when we set up these boundaries around ourselves, mm -hmm. um, some of them aren't useful. And when we can yeah. eliminate them by testing the boundaries, we wind up pushing them further back. And it, it is liberating. It definitely is liberating. Excellent stuff, man. What do you suggest for somebody who's listening to this and who never heard of the Enneagram before? Is well, I'd like a to recommend they should read. Yes, I'd like to recommend a, a couple of authors. A great starting point is The Wisdom of the Enneagram by Rizzo and Hudson, and that's R I S O. He's since passed away. Rizzo and Hudson, a four and a five combination, wrote that. Wisdom of the Enneagram, great starting point. It's got the test in it. It gives great advice of what the warning signs are for each number. So you can go, oh, shoot, this is, this is I'm not in a good place right now. And the, the best ways of integrating. <clears throat> Another, anything, anything at all, written by Helen Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R. Anything at all. 
anything, but no, that's any book she's written is a great one. <laughs> Helen Palmer, great author, uh, a heavyweight of the Enneagram. But there's a newcomer who I like very, very much. Her name is Beatrice Chestnut, just like the chestnut tree. And she like has Beatrix written. Beatrice, like, uh, like the Dutch queen. The ICE instead of X. Beatrice, yeah. Chestnut and her book is the complete Enneagram, and that is a game changer. It's a really we, we they actually brought her to Toronto, and she she spoke. My wife went to the conference, and just amazing, amazing. Uh, really understands depth to it, and I know what you mean, Florian, about the the whole so called spiritual side. Some people, in my mind, try to turn it into almost a religion. I agree with you on that, and I don't think that's useful. It might be for them. It isn't for me. For me. It is uh, an insightful tool for understanding personality, mm -hmm. uh, why people do what they do, and how to help them do what they do even better. Can and, you give me an example where it helped you in a, in a relationship with somebody? Yeah, absolutely. One of the problems with eights is we tend to dominate conversations, especially eights. Really? With, <laughs> <laughs> especially I've eights with seven wings. Seven yeah. wing makes it worse because there's more variety. Ah. Um, And so one of the hardest things for me, but one of the most useful, was recognizing I can go to a social gathering or an event and just sit there quietly and just be and listen. And I don't have to take control. I don't have to run my trance. Oh, I'm here. Watch out, world. I'm freaking here. No, I can sit back, be more going towards my five wing. You know, the five, um, sorry, the connection point of five, mm -hmm. which is more the brain and so on. And I can, I can sort of take it easy. And observe and answer questions and so on. But I don't have to be front and center. I don't have to be on stage. I don't have to be running it. And that at first felt stifling. Well, I want to say this. And my wife is always saying to me, stop finishing my sentences. Stop talking over me. Just stop. And I'm getting better, <laughs> but I'm not there yet. What if somebody... Well, could uh, picture themselves when you were talking about, well, like like me when you were talking about the 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 bad habits of an eight with a wing seven, mm -hmm. and I could see myself. Mm -hmm. What excess. am I going to do? What excess? Me? Yeah, it, it can bring on excess. The desire for more of the seven, the fear of being deprived, and when you drive that with the insane energy of the eight. Like the eight motto is too much, too late, too loud. It's always, it's over, it's excess. It can be excess because the energy is so strong. When you add that to the seven, it is energy strong in so many different directions. And that's a very, very hard thing to overcome. One of the most interesting lately was a friend of mine who's a two, a friend of my wife what, as well. What am I going to do with that? And what is somebody else who saw themselves Well, on some number that you mentioned, I said, oh, that's me. And I see that I'm on the deep right. side. I well, see that, that I'm, what are they going to do with it? Well, that's it. That's it. the same. I'm giving the two as the example. Okay. Remember, twos, have, twos need to be needed. They have mm -hmm. no needs themselves. They help. Yeah, let me help you. Let me do that. They're bright-eyed and everything. She went through a lot of problems lately. And the hardest thing for her was reaching out. Because she doesn't have any needs, right? So I contacted her. And just phoned her out of the blue. And I said, listen, 
I know you need to be needed and you know the Enneagram inside out. You're in a bad place and you're running your own trance. When we're running our trance, the program runs us. And her program, no, you don't, you don't need it. Just push, subject, subverting all her own needs for other people. And she started crying. She said, that's exactly what I needed to hear. I said, you said needed. Listen, recognizing we are running our trance is the first step. Recognizing I'm being too aggressive. I'm dominating. That's the first step. Recognizing for sevens, I'm frenetic. I'm frantic. I'm going after too many things. Recognizing for the four, okay, I'm, I'm becoming so self-absorbed that I'm not pleasant to be around. It's all about me and I'm inside and mm. depressive. Six is recognizing I'm anxious about everything. I've got to take a breath and calm down. When we read one of these great books and learn what our trance is, we can wake up. It'll never be permanent, but wake up for longer and longer periods. Step back from it and say, that's mm. not me. That's the trance. I don't have to be aggressive all the time. I don't have to need more and more and more. I don't have to be depressive. I don't have to, you know, correct everybody and fix every flaw. That's the programming. And when we dissociate from it, and I know you understand me as a hypnotist, we dissociate, mm -hmm. we step outside that. We start to climb the ladder of integration because now we have choice. And the NLP maxim is choice is always better than no choice. So we have options to stop yeah. running it for longer and longer periods of time. And it can feel very, very difficult. Yeah. It can feel very hard, but it's very useful. It's, it's, it's funny that I did a lot of these um, things over the last years. One that I, that I say very often when I'm introduced to, to a new group, <clears throat> um, I, I, I tell them that I have the tendency that people think I'm arrogant and dominating and dominating everything. But, Well, I, I admit it, so it's okay. So it's okay. <laughs> and then they laugh at me and they think I made a joke about myself and then it, it, it's not that bad um, afterwards. It's still annoying to them, but they, they, they lose the fear to say, hey, Flo, now let me finish the sentence or what, whatever it is. So maybe it's just this um, being aware that this is a... Well, that this is a show that you are running whenever you are in that bad mood, whatever number it is, yeah. and that by addressing it directly, it's like, well, um, whatever you address in your conscious mind is where your attention goes mm -hmm. and you can only change where your attention goes. So maybe that's, um, that's one part of the trick. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it can be seen, the eight thing, you're, you're absolutely right. It can be seen as arrogance and aggression. And I always just saw it as confidence. You know, that's that's yeah. how we you look know, at it, right? Yeah. No. Confidence. Well, how do you say that in English? Confidence only looks looks arrogant from below. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is, be careful who you say. It's good that we don't have any listeners right now. <laughs> uh, but this is a this is a sentence where it, it, there's a, a, a German phrase which I understand that so the concept is nice. Super arrogant, and it is something that I can drive people nuts. And if I do this with an arrogant voice, but then if I smile, they're just like you're just just a piece of shit. <laughs> so, yeah, the, I know. <laughs> the smile becomes the softener. That's that's very clever. It's um a woman said to me once at a conference she said oh she said you're an eight she said i don't like eights i said that's a big sweeping statement none she said no and she said they're too violent they're too weird i said you need us and she said what do you mean i said who's going to kill the evil eights you and she went no 
And I said, you need the good eights. You need the, the, the white knights. We're the only ones who can stop the bad ones. I put on my Facebook page, it said the greatest antidote for violent men is good men who have violent skills. <laughs> you know, we, we have our strengths. We have our weaknesses. Each one of the numbers, none is superior, although we all think ours is best. Of what isn't it, <laughs> Mike? Before before I let you go, I know you have to be in your next meeting in three minutes. Uh, um, what is one goal that you have for this year, for yourself? This year, it's to do the greatest live hypnosis trainings we've ever done, which is going to necessitate COVID stopping, but it doesn't prevent me from prepping in advance and building it, okay. and building structure. Well, What about you? Well, attending one of the greatest um, <laughs> life <laughs> trainings. <laughs> yeah, I want to come back to I want to come back to Canada and um, having uh, spent the whole weekend with your voice in my head, uh, um, I it's it's amazing how how much I can learn when I evaluate that evaluate that. And uh, one of the positive things about that whole online academy is that. Well, you are as you are life. And if if I can connect better life, and but then I have your whole persona in my mind when I see uh -huh. it on screen. And um, it, it it helps me, it helps me a lot. But nevertheless, I want to take it on an on another level. And uh, for that I think I need some help. Although mm -hmm. I don't like to admit that. <laughs> of course not. Buddy, we'd Mike. love to have we'd love to have you back in Toronto. You wouldn't want to be here now because, believe it or not, it is still snowing. <laughs> well, right now, so let me let let me wait until uh, uh, COVID COVID is over. I have my own snow over here. Mike, um, big hello to Chris. Thanks for being you. Thanks for being on the show again, uh, Max. I hope you know the numbers now, <laughs> and. Um, Thanks for being on the show, Mike. A pleasure. Viel Glück, mein Freund. Merci beaucoup. And good night. <laughs>